This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Steiskel. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going. How are you? Not bad. Ryan? Um, you there? I'm wondering if I should change my name to Q. No, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. <laughs> who, who wants a one-letter name anyways? Well, you know, yeah, so as we've been uh, talking about and kind of seeing the advertisements a little bit on on social media tonight, we're going to be reviewing Q, the Winged Serpent, and I don't know, we try not to get too political on this show, but, you know, the letter Q has a lot of different meanings nowadays because it could mean this monster movie from 1982 by Larry Cohen, or it could also mean some bizarre, weird political subgroup of conspiracy theorists. Yeah, or, you know, the guy with all the gadgets from the James Bond movies. So. Or the guy with all the gadgets from the James Bond movies, that's right. <laughs> or my favorite form of tip. Oh, yeah. Q-tip. Just yeah. the tip, though. Yeah. That, when yeah. it comes to I don't to care tips, much for the that's... for the R-tips or the P-tips. God, don't even get me started on the D-tips. But um, <laughs> I'm all about the Q-tips. They don't, don't fit in your ear quite as well. As no, the, Q-tips. the Q-tips. Yeah. No, the D-tips, <laughs> definitely not. So that's right. Tonight we are going to be discussing the 1982... <laughs> it depends on your d Ealer. Sorry. Oh, God. The 1982 monster movie from Larry Cohen, Q, the Winged Serpent. For ten centuries it has waited to be awakened, to be worshipped again like a god, to fill the skies, to cast its shadow over the earth to release its fury. Today in New York City, the winged serpent rises. The winged serpent rules. The winged serpent. David Carradine. This thing has been prayed back into existence. Michael Moriarty. It was big and there was something in it that looked like an egg. But it couldn't have been an egg. I mean, there aren't any eggs. <laughs> no egg that big. Richard Roundtree. What I want to know is, how the hell is this tie in with the murders and the mutilations? Candy Clark. What are you going to do if someone dies tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day? Well, I'm not going to think about it. You know, it won't be my fault. It'll be theirs if they don't give me what I want. Money. One million dollars in cash tax-free. They are searching. Looking good! Discovering. (laughs) Believing. And preparing for the battle of a thousand years. Load tracer ammunition. Want to see the trajectory? Get those guns in the basket! Okay, everybody hold their positions. Everybody stay right where you are, all right? Don't move! (laughs) 
against the fantastic flying forces of a lost age. You like saying a prayer? And man against the winged serpent. Today in New York City, the winged serpent rules. come alive so had either of you guys uh seen this one before or heard of it let me start with heard of it or seen it no i had heard of it and not seen it in fact i was like aware of it to the point of like i knew you know larry cohen directed it i knew like who was in it david carradine and michael moriarty um didn't realize richard roundtree was in it mm-hmm. so that was a pleasant surprise but um but yeah, I know I had never seen it. It had been one of those that kind of sat on like the, hey, I'd like to see that movie someday. Hey, that looks like a cool movie I should check out. Um, and just never did. So this gave me uh, the opportunity. So What about you, Ryan? Never. This is very new to me in every form or fashion. Uh, I have to say I did appreciate the, the artwork that they... I think they had it for... They kept the original poster artwork for this one on Tubi. Yes. Uh, done yeah. by... Yeah. I wrote down his name because I really... Imbro- I, I'm going to butcher it because he's from Peru. Um, Boris Ve- Vejo? 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 Yep. Vejo. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. I tried. So, so I had like three cosmonaut screwdrivers too many. It, it, earlier <laughs> in the podcast's iteration, Eric, you and I reviewed the film The Stuff, uh, yes. which came yep. out, I think, 1984, 85, something like that. Uh, another it's shortly after this yeah, one, another Larry Cohen movie with Michael Moriarty. Now, I, and I wanted to, to talk to both you guys about this. Larry Cohen just passed away. Um, oh shit! A few months ago, um, oh. and uh, you know the, the the guy has, uh, you know, he had he had quite the film legacy. Um, you yeah. know, after especially not just directing but also screenwriting. Um, so I had I don't know if either of you have looked up into you know. I don't know how much background research you do before each episode, but um, what what do you think of Larry Cohen's style? I guess whether it's just this movie or if you've seen the stuff or It's Alive or Return to Salem's Lot or It Lives Again or whatever. Uh, what do you think of <laughs> um, of Larry Cohen's style? I guess Eric, Eric we can start with you. One. Yeah, start with uh, Eric. <laughs> Larry Cohen's like the other filmmaker, and I know we had like a long, awkward talk about Woody Allen as a filmmaker one day, but he's like the other guy in, you know, my film fandom that always like kind of like brings it. It's all New York, even though the movie The Stuff is not all New York, it's just a little bit, but um, that's what it just immediately springs into my head. And this movie was no different. The, the ones I'm most familiar with are. Uh, the stuff god uh, god told me to now mm-hmm. i've seen q he did that um masters of horror episode also starring michael moriarty uh pick me up which i've seen and enjoyed um i guess i've seen it's alive years and years ago i I'd enjoyed that when i did um his style is and i've always blamed this on like a low budget but the more of his work that i've seen there's definitely something um unique to larry cohen he is a little bit stagey from a direction standpoint, like tends to work in longer takes and um, kind of long shots, long takes. 
and I always kind of blame that on like, well, you know, when uh, movies are super low budget and you have a long production schedule that you need to cram into like six days or something because you don't have any money to make a film, um, it's cheaper to work that way. So I, I kind of always thought that. But the more of his work I've seen, I, I'm thinking maybe it's an actual preference of his as a filmmaker. Um, it might be a don't situation know if where it's case. both. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> but so as a result of that, I find the acting in his movies to be... Um, at moments, brilliant, and then at other points, just doesn't seem to work for me. Um, so kind of spotty. And I always do end up enjoying his films at the end of the day, but there is definitely some points where I'm kind of wondering what he was thinking as a director. So I'm getting long-winded. I'll let Ryan take over. it. <laughs> oh, damn, man. Thanks for throwing me under the winged serpent. Uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever fucking been exposed to the guy. Like, I'm looking on Wikipedia desperately trying to, like, ah, d- fuck, is, is there a movie I saw of his where I can compare the two? I can well, tell if, you this. If, not, if this is your if, first Larry Cohen if, film, that's Well, totally that's cool. where I'm getting to. This is my first one, and going off of that, not impressed. It Like okay. Eric says, it's like the long shots, and like the it's kind of like it seems cheap. Yeah, that's... I'm like, yeah, this feels cheap. I didn't know that this was... Like, I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was a big deal. But, like, looking at it, it's like, oh, it keeps talking about how much it's one of his films. And when I I always wiki a movie when I'm done mm-hmm. because I'm like, just in case I catch, miss something. Right, right. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this, they made it a big deal. I guess he did a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, I recognize the, the titles, like the stuff, for example. Yeah. But after that, I'm like, nope. I haven't seen yeah. anything else. So well, like Hell Up like, in Harlem's another popular one yeah. that I like made Fred Williamson and stuff like that. But yeah. um, yeah, I can he tell started you doing like black exploitation like, films. Yeah, early on. yeah. He also Larry Cohen also had a um, an interesting history with he'd make these really lurid black exploitation films, which for some reason I guess New York mob bosses really liked because they were so violent. <laughs> and so when he didn't like have Black a, Caesar, when he yeah, when he didn't have yeah. a film permit. He'd go to whoever ran the neighborhood, and they'd be like, "Don't worry, Larry, you're fine." <laughs> and they'd let him do whatever he wanted. That's that's the rumor that went around Hollywood, I guess. Is that, that just seems like it seems like, like that's him. what I'm talking about? He's just like he's just like New York to the to his guts, right? Like, right. Just, Everything's like, no, I don't have a permit, but I know a guy. And um, mm-hmm. no, this is this um, I think is the second time I've watched Q. It was the first time I've really focused on it since it's been on. Um, I think I watched it kind of an in passing when I went through a Larry Cohen period where I was trying to find as many of his movies as I can. Uh, a lot of his stories, and the, and Q I think is one of them. You know, really deals with uh, you know organized crime, uh, but also uh, police procedures and it, like that shows up in a lot of his stuff. It's very procedural in the stuff. There's a lot of you know yeah. aspects where it's about well, the stuff he wasn't a cop but what he was still doing an investigation, an investigation. yeah and he's yeah. limited by procedure and so on and so yeah. it's, that makes for interesting storytelling because i think it's rooted in some kind of like here's how it would be handled in real life because we have procedures um I, but but i guess to before we really go too far i'll, I'll do a quick synopsis for those of you that haven't seen the film uh, the Aztec god Quetzalcoatl, a winged dragon-like female lizard, takes up residence in an Art Deco spire of the Chrysler Building, with frequent jaunts into the midday sun to devour helpless New Yorkers off of rooftops. Uh, rooftops. The resulting bloody mess confounds detectives Shepard and Powell, who are already occupied with a case involving a series of bizarre ritual murders linked to a secret neo-Aztec cult. 
Uh, so the film stars Michael Moriarty, Candy Clark, David Carradine, and Richard Roundtree, and it was written, produced, and directed by Larry Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, so Triple I, I go with this guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I wanted to mention he's one of those guys I think that worked that way quite often. So yeah, I see that with all the yeah. green on the Wikipedia <laughs> list. So I wanted to mention the um, the the cast a bit too because the, there's some big names in here. I mean, I, I mentioned like the the four kind of leads in it, but if you look through the cast, there's a lot of other people. We recognize a lot of faces in this. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Michael Moriarty plays Jimmy Quinn, who's who's kind of a a thug hustler. Uh, what were your thoughts yeah. on his character and his performance? Let's go with I'll you, Ryan. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's the thing. Now that like when with both you and Eric now mentioning Larry and his film style, uh, the one key thing I'm taking away from it is the New Yorker view to things, like the approach to everything. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> makes more sense with this character, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy mm-hmm. is the character. Um, was it Jimmy Quinn, played by Michael? Yep. Uh, I hated this character. I know I wasn't, I, I think I was supposed to kind of root for him, but he is just a cavernous amount of stupidity, which it feels kind of <laughs> common for certain types of people. Not all New York, but certain. Anyways, sorry. Um, there's just a certain part of him that it was just after a while, like watching this, I was just like, I don't care. I don't give two shits about this character. This guy is an a-hole. Uh, he's dumb as fuck. And he's causing a lot of mayhem. Um, but to be said, I also believe he's real. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, nah, he's a real character. Like, he is annoying and I hate him and he's, he's just dumb as fuck. But uh, he doesn't feel unauthentic. Like, I know these people. Like, not mm-hmm. just, they're not, like, it doesn't have to be from New York. Like, I know these people growing up. Like, and you like, can tell there's something off with him. Right. And it's yep. just like, yeah. Yeah, he's not great. You do kind of have some sympathy because you know a guy who remi- he reminds you of, um, guy or gal. Um, yeah, it can go either way, really. Um, but it's interesting to see a character like this put so much in the forefront in a movie like this. Like, he is the main character by all yeah. unfortunate circumstance. <laughs> so Well, I, yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. thing to do with the story, too, is that your main character is not a hero. I mean, far from to, far from it and and <laughs> um, the real people that you're supposed to be rooting for are kind of the side story one of the side stories yeah but yeah what, what if you can even here? find a character in this group to, to really root for because i'm not sure Say, there's thank you that's like, Eric. Yeah. yeah like the good guy which i think is interesting about this movie and i think that's interesting also i mean the movie the stuff is much the same way yeah um um I can't remember enough about the other Larry Cohen stuff I've seen, but, um, well, I guess pick me up. is another good example of yeah. who do you root for? Right. So, uh, but no, I think I, I agree with Ryan and almost everything about his character, except the fact that I didn't, that like, I didn't enjoy watching him cause I loved watching him in this movie. He's brilliant. Again, Michael Moriarty is, uh, kind of makes the movie, the stuff. Yeah. There's also a lot of really great special effects, but his character is just so unique and he's just so all into his characters. He does the same thing with Jimmy Quinn here. And yeah, he's a scumbag. And yeah, I don't like him, but he's just brought to life so well by this actor that he's he's actually the character that got me through this movie. Like, And not not that it was like ever a pain to watch, but there are certainly some moments where it's not it's not like the best paced movie, in my opinion. Like right. it, yeah. it takes a while to kind of grab your attention and even so there's like these long kind of 
police procedural discussion scenes that I feel like could be trimmed down. And um, honestly, getting back to Jimmy Quinn was what was keeping me watching. I agree with you, Ryan, about the <laughs> fact that he's a total scumbag and he's not really likable at all. But I, I, I like the performance and the well, character was great. Well, so. Like I was saying, like, I don't like this character, but the performance was realistic. I believe that this character exists. I'm not have nothing yeah. against the performance. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. When you oh, have yeah. a monster movie, you kind of need to have like kind of a hero character. It's kind of like that. And you don't got <laughs> that here. Like it's no, you really don't. <laughs> uh, and so it's like, I don't mind that character and that approach to literally any other kind of movie i think that would have been more interesting kind of like a joker take i'm just saying you know like someone who is the lead that's not really a hero but i don't know if it fits well in a monster movie flick you know what i mean it feels weird like (laughs) yeah it's it's different for sure like that's because it's like you don't really care who the monster kills anymore it's just like i don't like any of these people (laughs) <laughs> like i don't well, care even like some of the victims <laughs> all the like sunbather movie or rooftop sunbathers and and like i don't think there was anyone in this movie that was you were really feeling too badly for no um, i mean but the I, the, the it, guy who's getting frustrated counting his girlfriend's push-ups that whole scene yeah. is just so <laughs> weird it's so <laughs> fucking yeah. weird you know, oh yeah i've been wanting all day just to do that it's, 56 57 but it drags it's interesting for a monster movie because it's I don't know. It's very urban, like like we talked about the whole New York kind of thing this movie has about it. So that kind of gives it. And I know lots of monster movies are set in cities, but this one really feels urban to me. Like, oh, um, I got more to add to that. But finish, finish, Eric. I just have to say, yeah. So just, I mean, even to the point where the monster really starts becoming the the driving force of this movie. Um, it's it's very different from anything like it. Like, I can't think of another monster or giant monster movie that. Fits, I, oh, that, that would oh, feel like next to yes, this anywhere like, yes <laughs> this is the segue this is the thing i was going to bring up thank you eric uh 98 godzilla this movie yeah, reminds no. <laughs> me of the 98 yeah. godzilla in terms of there's a lot of characters you don't really care for there's a monster that hot a poorly animated monster that's hiding and killing in new york city uh and there's an egg at the end of the movie that hatches that was the yeah. key bit that tied it all together that made me realize this is 83 Godzilla. Like, this is Godzilla 98 in 1983. Like, <laughs> well, this is approached the exact same way. None of the characters are, like, like they kind of realistic. You just get my point. But the egg at the fucking end, dudes. Come on. Yeah. Like, Godzilla 98 had to totally steal it from this, given they yeah. wanted to make a sequel. But I'm just saying, like, so that these fuckers. Well, I, I think what I actually had this in my notes is something to bring up, but it, this is a great time as any. Um, you know, this is just kind of a problem that we see with giant monster movies, you know, monster attack city movies with human characters. Is mm-hmm. you're not coming to the film for the people, you're coming for the monster. The people yeah. are always going to disappoint because they're breaking up what you really want to see. You want to see monster eating people or whatever. Uh, we wanted to see more of this creature or something. Um, and you actually do get a few good shots of it in here. And, it, you know, for its time, 1982, it, it actually I thought it looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I actually know. really love the monster in this movie. I, I think the style of it, the animation's a little touch and go, but it, it looks yeah, cool at times, see the whole yeah. thing. But, but I, I love that wanna, it's stop I, motion yeah. as late as 1983 and... 
Yeah, it's it's. But I, I, will, I just I will add argument blurry. to this. I will say, like an anime, it's actually better. Okay, but uh, I'm talking live but, action but, because I know, we I know, already talked like, about I'm, exposition is different in anime that was before the show. Right. <laughs> Point. But is. I'm just saying, shows like Evangelion and Attack on Titan, like that shows both giant monsters tormenting humanity, but main characters who do hold your interest. Yeah, a bit more. Um, I mean, it depends on who, but I, I think with with you know live action kind of American cinema style, and even even the Toho stuff. I mean, people. That's why I was really blown away when when the the legendary pictures Godzilla films, the two Godzilla films came out, and people always complained about the human characters. I was like, what you actually gave a shit about the human characters in Godzilla raids again? I mean, <laughs> you cared? <laughs> Come on, this is this is a constant thing. I just recently went back and rewatched Pacific Rim. The story sucks. <laughs> Yeah, but it's cool. Yeah. But there are cool things that happen, and there's cool big giant monster fights, and that's what that's you're there for. So I think, yeah, honestly, what what I personally thought when looking at Q is the story's interesting enough where I'm no, I don't like these characters because they're realistic and they're all flawed, and that's a common thing in mm-hmm. in Cohen's films. But at the same time, yeah, there's this monster thing, and I'd like to see more of it, but. This is an interesting, very realistic story they've painted around it. Um, just my personal perspective on it is I, I was yeah. I actually like the story of this more than I like the story of most giant monster movies. Really? I agree with yeah. you to a certain extent on that. I feel like the story gets overly long and I feel like it's you know yes. it, I feel like it's it's a budget thing. Like they're yeah. just you know, they wrote they wrote this story out to, you know, because we we, we had we could afford about five total minutes of monster in this whole thing let's you know write a story to kind of stretch that five minutes of monster into a feature-length film which by the way that's not going to be unique to q that's tons of monster movies that do that exact same thing right and yeah so i, I feel like they, they wrote a pretty you know decent story with some interesting character or i'll say interesting character i'm not sure how much i'm interested in the rest of the characters the cops and whatnot david carradine seems like for a while like in this movie like he's totally phoning it in but then he gets into scenes with Michael Moriarty, and he's great. Yeah. So Michael Moriarty builds him, like, big time, and Carradine all of a sudden comes out of his shell. Because he's kind of hit or miss like that in other things, too. Like, sometimes he's brilliant, and other times he's just totally walking through it, you know, asleep. So, um, but yeah, so he gets, you know, into scenes with Michael Moriarty, and he's great. And then all of a sudden he's back to being, like, you know, I don't want to be here, David Carradine. <laughs> so, well, and, like, and see, and that's a thing, like... I picked up on that too. Like I, I recognize David Carradine. I'm like, okay, I know this guy. Fuck, we just mentioned Kill Bill Speaking earlier. Kill Bill, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like I know him. I know of his brother. Well, one, but two of his brothers at yeah, least. Like, many of his brothers. Yeah. So many. Holy shit. That's a that's something else I Wikipedia after this movie. I'm like, oh, I knew you <laughs> oh, yeah. had brothers. There's a lot but of them. You went down the Carradine rabbit hole. There's more of them there's than there are Baldwin's. Clan. Think, so. Yeah. Your dad is like a rabbit. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, that includes finding out that the lead, <laughs> the lead nerd from Attack of the Nerds, or sorry, Revenge yeah, of the Nerds, yeah. is a, a fucking carotene. Oh my, oh, okay, never. I can't. Like, that's when I stopped. I'm like, I gotta stop, man. I'm gonna find out too much. I'm gonna find out somehow I'm related. That's where the, I gotta stop the rabbit <laughs> hole. Then I found out I am actually a carotene. The day I discovered I'm a carotene. <laughs> I was like, shit, now I gotta go into acting. Um, so, very quick, sorry. I went way down that rabbit hole. Hold on. <laughs> let me f- let me find myself. No, but yeah, no, he was disconnected. 
uh, David's character was disconnected. Or the actor. The actor himself seemed disconnected, and it showed in the character, who's just like... It's like, he's the one who's supposed to be, like, the most deep into it. Like, he knows the most. He's finding out the most. But he's also portrayed as, like, the one who doesn't give a rat's ass the most as well. Like, it's just like, you know, I wrote this report about, like, it's a ritual suicide connected to this. It's like, no one cares. I'm like, that includes the story. Like, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I don't care either. And that was it! Like, you don't really get much of the whole ritualistic... By the way, guys, if you haven't seen this movie and you don't plan on, spoilers ahead, but the whole reason this creature exists in the story is that there is a person, a character, who they play up this mystery, they hide his face, only to reveal an actor that we've never fucking seen before. <laughs> yeah, there's not really a mystery to it at all. It's there's just no mystery to it at all, and the guy is dressed like a Scooby-Doo villain. I have that in my notes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, he is dressed <laughs> like a fucking Scooby-Doo villain. Like, this is just a dark episode of Scooby-Doo where Shaggy's like a fucking disgruntled detective played by David because his dog died years back and he doesn't want to fucking bother anymore. There, I just made the movie better. Sorry, in my own head. It doesn't have to be for you, but for at least for me. That's how I'm going to approach this movie. Sorry, side note. Oh, God, the cosmonauts. They're kicking in. There was... Uh, um, but there, but there no, was like I was scene... saying, this... Yeah. This, this, they had a cool concept. I, let me go back to that. Joe, this movie had a cool concept. I don't think the movie did anything with its cool concept. Well, like, that would have been cool to have that murder mystery story keep going in the forefront. What plus having this monster mystery as well? This monster hunt plus murder mystery. That's interesting. That's not what we got. What we got was we got to follow this low life the complete like everything that you can put on a checklist for low life this motherfucker is like former drug addict went to prison when he was young was given a bad wife rap beater, and he, well, girlfriend beater he beats he beats his wife like literally every fucking thing mm-hmm. where you're like this guy isn't a character he's a caricature all right well um, yeah and he's I, portrayed I well but the the it's the, not a really couple well. of things with yeah, they, they had two main stories going on here. The one about the, the investigation of the ritualistic killings, and then the other about this seemingly random scumbag who ends up getting involved by finding everything and then I thought that then ca- trying to cash in on it. Um, yeah. And like, screw the system. I actually thought all the threads came together. I, I thought so too. They came right? together. But Ryan, they I see what you're together. saying where it would have yeah. been maybe better to focus more on the investigation and not quite as much on the scumbag, right? Because, yes, they all do come together, but, yeah, the detectives, Roundtree and Carradine, are really kind of background characters in this, when really they should be maybe more at the forefront. But then again, you see Michael Moriarty's performance, and it's so over the top, it's so good. He, like, just chews, and he does this at everything. I I don't know if I really like the guy, but he is really into his scenes. Yeah, I mean, he is dedicated to a character like and i don't want to say you're wrong ryan about about the movie like would it have been better if it went that way maybe it would have i i don't know um i do know that it would have been more like a lot of other movies if it went that way i think what made this unique was the fact that it was following these different threads could the cop investigation thread been a little stronger yes i agree with that but uh i do i do think that having the different characters we're following was an interesting way to get everyone into the story and to bring it all together like it just uh, at a point and it i don't know it seemed to work for uh got us into like the second act of the movie and but then uh 
then it gets kind of crazy it's yeah yeah the third act is a mess and it's awful and it feels rushed it feels very rushed um i i will yeah. say this yeah. here here's one thing i want to say real quick on my notes and i don't know how this ever segue watching jimmy as a robber like his nervousness his too many questions and like his his over-the-top requests like he asked for 20 percent, and they're like dude you're the fucking driver you're gonna get 12 and a half mm-hmm. you're not getting 20 <laughs> i will say uh i'm like yeah i feel like that's me as a robber like i'll be way too nervous i'll be making requests that are out of my fucking control uh and i'll be asking uh way too many fucking questions yeah just everything he is such the epitome of you know like you've got to sell yourself to make yourself so i'm gonna ask for you know 20 percent because i'm worth 20 percent, and then they gotta like nope i'm gonna knock you back down to 12 Um, i'm gonna kick you to where you are there there are some key performances in this movie from a number of, of the cast members that I really wanted to point out and, I'll, and get your opinions on. The first is the uh, the scene with, with Jimmy when he's really having his meltdown to his girlfriend. You know, when, when he's talking about, like, being somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. You take this one, Eric. What were your thoughts on, on his performance in that? Like, I guess in or out of context, but just as, as an actor. I mean, as an actor, Michael Moriarty's got a way to attack a scene that is, I don't say unlike anybody else, but like his dedication to, and it's not like, I'm a big fan of like people that kind of, well, okay, let's bring Nicolas Cage up, I guess, but somebody who just has like this really unique or off the wall reading of a scene. I don't think Michael Moriarty really does that. It's kind of the depth of which he dives into the character. Okay. Um... And sometimes it comes off as a little bit of overdoing it, like overacting, but um, yeah. in general it doesn't. It actually like really like gives you these really authentic feeling characters. And um, to go back to the, the specific scene you asked about, I can't remember making any specific notes or observations. I remember the scene you're talking about, I think, but um, my main thing with any times that they were together is just the she reflected so well upon him of how much I detested him as a person because it reminded you of like this, this girl that this, this girlfriend of his that is kind of um, sticking by this guy, even though he has just, you know, he's a crook. Uh, he has beat up on her in the past and they even talk about it. Like in the open, like he's like, yeah, but I quit hitting you, you know, like <laughs> it's like, I, I haven't done that in, you know, a week or something or whatever. And, um, Three weeks. I, don't know, I think like, he said like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, three weeks, yeah. And uh, so, like, he he sells it so well that I, you know, I can't stand the guy to the point. And she reflects that, like, the scenes were in there together. I just hate him the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess liked that's her not in really, their like, scenes. Yeah, I liked yeah. her. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, and I, I start to feel, you know, awful for her being, you know, this person that's trapped in this relationship. And... You know, obviously feels sorry for this guy still, even after all this terrible shit that he's done. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I guess specifically to that scene, I guess that's that's the reaction I have every time they're together on screen. It just makes me hate him that much more. But I, I picked that one because that's when that's, he's the most. But that's intense. to Michael Moriarty's credit. That's, honestly, that's so. when he's like the most intense. This is why I picked that that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? I mean, similar thoughts or? Yeah, uh, it's here's the thing. Like Eric mentioned that he throws so much 
into his characters um and they do st there's parts that stick but i mean that's the reason that you hunt birds with buckshot i mean you're gonna shoot so many fucking directions you're gonna have a variable <laughs> that actually hits a bird uh, and I feel like that's the same approach to this acting. Nicolas Cage is an interesting comparison. Uh, that Eric kind of... Mm -hmm. He didn't mean to. He, you, you went back on it. Because he's not as good yeah. as Nicolas Cage, but I see what you fucking mean. Like, it's just like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's very much that approach. And that's the thing. He does hit marks. He really does. So I don't know if it's the moments that he's overacting with this particular character or if it's this this character in general. But it's it's hard. I, I mean, I got to give the guy credit. I don't know whose idea it was to have Jimmy taking a piss before the dead body falls on him, but that was definitely <laughs> memorable. It's just yeah. like he his dick's out and a corpse falls on him. And like, that's how you find a corpse. I'm like, that seems like a like a real life situation. Like, it's never a convenient time. Finding a dead body is never, <laughs> never a convenient, convenient time. time a but a mm -hmm. corpse... If it falls on you as your dick is out on the top of one of the tallest buildings in the city, um, <laughs> as you just like had a botch robbery and you got hit by a fucking taxi, just the epitome of it all is that you find uh, an, a prehistoric uh, Aztec god nibbling on some bits. There was another. So you decided to whip out your dick. I mean, no one shows a piss shot. Credit. True. <laughs> Where credit but you know what's dead. going on. Yeah. But I also wanted to bring up a scene that it not it's also a scene with Michael Moriarty in it from the movie, but it's one that actually where I you know you mentioned before that that Carradine he, he feels kind of bored in in a good part of this movie, but I feel like yeah. the one turning point is the scene where he and Michael Moriarty are together in the diner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he takes him off for coffee. Um, I don't know. To me, that's when when you really start getting Carradine's character in this a little bit more. There, it's it's. I guess what I'm kind of... He comes alive he, in those scenes. He really like does. Like, you, you start to see what kind of character he's brewing up there. And it's it's interesting. It's the good cop, right? Um, but you're really seeing how smart he is. Uh, is this something that... I, I say compared to other Cohen films, because police are a major thing, in all, or investigations are a major thing in a lot of Cohen films. But... Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess how would... Do you know of any other scenes? Like, I, I don't want to oversell cue the winged serpent but that scene um with those two in the diner is it just reminiscent of what was done later with uh the movie heat okay another famous scene where you've got you know like cop and robber you know yeah. together in a diner and and it's they're both on to each other but it's kind of a game of wits in the conversation with um, pacino and de niro yeah I don't. Yep. I don't know, but that's a pretty big. That's leap. an intense scene. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that's an no. that's an intense leap. <laughs> well, no, that's why I, um, I precluded it. With I'm not trying to oversell. I will say. Circle, I will but... say. Like yes, the comparison in terms of like if Q were to take a scene from Heat, and it be that scene and have it in this moment for Q, that is their level of intensity for their interpretation of a scene like that. Yeah. I could see that. I could see <laughs> that, that was a stretch. That was a stretch. That took. That was a bit of a tennis match of an explanation. Remember enough but... about Heat, uh, except that I do remember really liking that scene. I couldn't like quote anything from you. It's been so long since I've seen it. But um, yeah, I mean, different different types of films. But I see the comparison. Just you know, the two mm -hmm. pairing off with one another, and the kind of the um, 
trying to, you know, they both know where they stand, but trying to kind of figure out where how the other one's going to play their next card. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a I, kind I of an unconventional, it's an unconventional but, break from the action or from what else is going on. Fair. Give give an argument. But I will say, because you have these two characters, what it is is you don't have two highly intellectual characters back and forth, and you have a pretty above-average smart cop with little to interest in anything, but smart nonetheless, going up against an idiot. A fucking just potato, if anything else, (laughs) uh, of a character. Like, emotional and, like, kind of pathetic, like, sympathetic pathetic um where you're like hey i got a bum rap from cops all my life and now my whole life is fucked because of that bu- one bum rap and now has to kind of resort to a life of crime is how that kind of how they, re- they mention it but an idiot and unsympathetic nonetheless so the way that i saw that scene is like just david Carradine's ca- character what's the name of the character paul uh, oh god paul? yeah paul is paul, it paul or yeah. shepherd uh, Shepard. It's Shepard. He's Shepard. He's Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Roundtree's yeah. Paul. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Shaft is Paul. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, but Shepard. Uh, I just right. the, the whole fucking <laughs> the whole fucking scene. I just felt bad for Shepard. Like the painful. It's like dealing with a Trump supporter. It's like one of those situations. I know we weren't trying to get political with this, but I can't find a better comparison <laughs> off the top of my head. That's so that kind of slipped out, but it's not wrong. Uh, I think even uh, Republicans have problems with Trump supporters. Um, so yeah, I think so. It's just that level of like just arguing with a person who's just like profoundly dumb, but you feel bad for them before how dumb they are. That's how I read that scene. Mm-hmm. That was lengthy. Sorry. Okay. I can I I want to bring up a right. subject. We sure. talked a lot about people. Let's talk about the fucking monster and the special effects. Oh yeah, so what we all came for. Yeah, yeah we came for a monster <laughs> movie, Joe. Stop giving us a human interest. I'm kidding. Joe's doing a great job. Uh, I just wanted to because he mentioned. No, we that. can jump. That's that was the next for. thing on my list. I had one more scene I wanted to ask about, but no, we can we can jump right into that. Um, no, no. What what's the last scene? If you got one more scene. Well, it was just there was there was what in my notes I put down. This is something really quite unconventional about a giant monster attacks city movie and that's when when uh powell and shepherd go to their uh, captain i guess captain or lieutenant whoever's their superior and they finally say okay here's the deal giant winged lizard thing biting people's heads off <laughs> all right and yeah he's they've got the report right and yeah he mm-hmm. actually says keep your voices down come over here explain everything and I that caught me off guard because I'm like I'm I'm waiting for the you guys are off your fucking rocker you know I'm waiting yeah, for you're used the, to like the person of authority being like you guys are crazy yeah. why would I, uh, you're wasting my time with this garbage and he's just like okay you goddamn kids you essentially. know I mean he I actually I wanted to give it the scene some credit personally but I, I was curious on your thoughts because from my perspective it was this is a this is a realistic thing because honestly if you were that in that position of superior you know being superior officer lieutenant or whatever and or captain and you've got one guy who you know is working on some weird obviously re- ritualistic Aztec killings over here and you have people on the top of buildings getting their heads bitten off by by a giant bird by reptile something people are yeah. seeing this thing mm-hmm. there's weird sightings i liked that too that there were sightings and now your detectives come together and say, so guess what? Yeah, big Aztec bird thing. And 
it was I just felt it was realistic. It was that you at that point you would realistically have to go Okay, just walk me through it. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you at that point the Let suspension of disbelief is a little bit too far. And I feel like a lot of movies still try to grasp that for some dramatic scene of getting chewed out, you know. Um they do it with a lot of the yeah. you know, any kind of big monster invasion movie. Um so honestly anything where the teenagers know the truth and they try to go to the cops exactly you know, kind of and, and in this yeah. this this didn't do that so i didn't know if you guys had any other thoughts that one struck me i didn't know if, if any of you if either of you caught it uh but it was just a, a scene that i thought was pretty interesting actually you... yeah Eric, go ahead okay. okay um thank you <laughs> so i was gonna say you actually got me thinking about another scene where shepherd has to talk to the head honcho um what's the name of his, the, the name? commissioner commissioner commissioner, commissioner yeah, so, nick yeah. mcconnell so fucking irish so <laughs> with his fucking pipe yeah piping away pipe pipe piping anyways he um when he has to like sir about like because they just got done with a meeting talking about the fucking serpent and talking to dickhead about his million dollar fucking deal because he fucking, that's how he, like, saves mm-hmm. people. Anyways, sorry, not going off of him. Anyways, I got done with Jimmy. And so now Shepard's like, Commissioner, here's these ritual, ritual killings that is probably connected to why this fucking thing exists. And he just turns to him and just goes, uh, I don't give a fucking rat's ass about some dude stabbing other fucking dudes. As far as I am concerned, they're not fucking related. We have a giant fucking wind creature eating other people's fucking heads. I don't want to deal with this. And it's just, it's one of those situations where, like, but they are related, and that pisses me off that you're ignoring that, because that is blatantly a connection. <laughs> like, and, and, yeah. and that's something, too, that is very common in Cohen's stuff from the 80s. The stuff has a very similar scene. But it's, 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 it's the bigger crisis over whether the smaller one, by, like, just simple comparison to someone who's not into it. It's mm-hmm. just like, I get that, that's real. But it's also frustrating as a person who's just like, no, he has a fucking point! So I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so, But I will say, pulling your people off to the side, the scene that you mentioned in, and you're like, okay, guys, this is going to sound fucking crazy, but we have a reptile eating fucking people's heads. What the fuck do you know about this? <laughs> like, yeah. that is an interesting fucking way to approach like authority where, you're, where the boss is just like, all right, there's a lot of shit happening. I need you guys' ideas. There's no denying that this is happening. That is interesting. I won't lie. Yeah, the, the, what it kind of struck me is showing like, okay, yeah, the, you're going to have corruption and authority, but yeah. it's it's way at the top. Yeah, you know, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a captain who cares. You know, very quickly. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. I talked longer. You let me go, and I went way too long. Did, what was your thoughts on oh, this? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, my thought was just essentially I was going to agree that that was a refreshing twist, and and really Joe said it all, but like. Um, I guess it makes sense from a point of like if you're a captain of a, a department and two off two of your detectives who are you know generally on the level come to you with this, you're probably not going to turn into the you know high school principal yelling at the teenagers all of a sudden. Even if it sounds a little crazy, you're probably going to be like, okay, let me hear it. you know let me hear it. So maybe it's a little more realistic than some of the other films you know like like you were saying. So. But how do you feel about the special effects in Termorealism? Oh, well, yeah. 
realism i don't know but come on eric you get this one <laughs> yeah what do you think yeah uh i actually love the special effects in this movie i wish there were more of them i understand it was a very low budget film and there there's a reason there's not more of them but i love that in 1983 we got a full-on harryhausen style uh stop motion creature yeah. you know um does it always work as well as you know one of his creations no it's not perfect no but uh <laughs> compared to some other you know e- e- uh, stop motion stuff even um of this era I, I think it's pretty um it's a pretty good shot at it and uh, i wish there was a little more monster but i like what we got and um i think the points when it doesn't work is actually when they're trying not to show it and once you actually get to see the monster um i was happy with the way that it, it turned out the the baby monster maybe not as much but <laughs> um yeah anyway maybe we'll get to that eventually but yeah in general i loved it i love the good stop motion um creature and um i think it it is we've talked a lot about the characters and some of the other things about this movie you know the winged serpent is still the uh main attraction here so yeah what are your thoughts ryan uh, i'm glad you asked joe so uh i i got a hoot out of this it's it they are my favorite parts of this movie like they're not well done but they're not the worst but i mean they're like the attempt is made, and it's like, the attempt is enough to still get some kind of level of enjoyment and entertainment out of it. Uh, I wish, I'm with Eric, I wish I saw fucking more of it. Like, that's what I want to see more of. You show a monster movie, show is more of a monster movie. I don't want to see an idiot try to fucking, like, negotiate a million dollars to the police, because they're in control of that somehow. Um, I want to see a motherfucking <laughs> reptile creature being summoned by Aztec fucking sacrifices from a scooby-doo villain and is also fucking pregnant with not one but two fucking baby like there's so much to this monster movie that's not showing the fucking monster but the claymation dudes being thrown by the monster just beautiful that was great wasn't it it reminds (laughs) me of fucking robocop and the like the the proportions make no fucking sense it's not as dramatic (laughs) but still but i will say this motherfucker killed shaft yeah that ain't right. Yeah. Damn, that ain't right. Like, he but, got the worst yeah, fucking death. He got a meaningless death. Like, they didn't even show him fighting Q. He just gets, like, off-screen picked up in front of a white dude in clown makeup and then dropped. I'm like, really? You didn't kill the fucking rookie clown white dude? You went for fucking Shaft? Nah, Shaft <laughs> should have been the one who actually kills the serpent. And then Carotene wraps up this whole fucking Aztec fucking murder mystery because that was his fucking case. I think they would have two detectives like, we fucking did it, man. And then your sequel where you had that fucking egg hatch that's their movie that's one that's yeah but that's their you movie Carity and they fight monsters fu. you got carotene yeah, yeah. and shaft you got kung fu and shaft fighting fucking monsters you missed a chance for a fucking franchise my friend and shaft and shaft you got yeah, shaft yeah. got shafted and he got the word he got a claymation <laughs> he's a motherfucker got a claymation death he got a claymation yeah. I, I personally death. like for the time i liked the effects i mean let's think about this too this came out in like 82 yeah, right? but he Shaft, Joe. No, Shaft got the claymation dad. Eighty-two, and then, but then uh, think about like the claymation, the the Harryhausen claymation, and like Clash of the Titans, which wasn't that much earlier, right? Um, no, yeah, not. So I think there's ten years within the same decade. Yeah, so, like, so we're sure. we're dealing with the same kind of technology. I think this feels like it was done in a time when claymation was becoming common. 
the same way that we went through a, a phase in the late 90s where computer animation was becoming common. And it just wasn't always done very well, but now everybody could do it. Um, and and I, it feels like that's where they went here. I, and I, I love stop-motion animation. I, I, that yeah. that yeah, little bit of a here. jerkiness I actually feel makes it look a little more realistic. Um, it looks, it even, makes everything look more like a monster to me. Like, there's something, like... I disagree with you a little bit that it looks makes it look realistic. It actually makes it a little less, quote-unquote, realistic. It's actually a little bit off-putting, and I think it makes monsters and creatures scarier. Or, like... The little jerky motions? It adds to yeah, there's, like, a little bit something unnatural about yeah, them. Yeah, because monsters themselves just are inherently so cool. natural. Like, they're so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so... I don't know. Like, I think when we started to try to make everything, quote-unquote, like, perfectly realistic is when we actually started to lose some of the cool creatures. Characters? Like, like characteristics? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, characteristics of things. Well, just also the kind of otherworldliness of monsters in monster movies. Um, Look at that deep analyzing. Well, yeah, because it has Eric. to... No, you're right, because, you know, it, to make <laughs> yeah. it realistic, it has to be rooted somehow in, like, biology, right? Like, right. it's hard right. to make an... It's hard to make a creature walk realistically on the screen if its proportions aren't really possible in nature i mean or 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 you know understandably like you know you could have a you could have some godzilla sized creature but he's walking on like very tiny little legs that would clearly crush under the weight it just isn't going to look right there's no way you can make that thing walk realistically you know yeah um you don't have to be like an, an uh, you know an expert in anatomy to see that and to know that something's off about that. Um, so yeah, I think claymation kind of gives that stop motion kind of gives that a little bit of leeway and so, allows you to play with that a little bit. And honestly, the scene where they shoot Q down, he's like gripping to the building. You got a very King Kong kind of aspect to this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Very that was quite much. clear with the building choice and everything. Yeah, yeah. honestly, <laughs> I, I, I liked it. This, I don't know, I, I took this entire movie as kind of a uh, a schlocky B movie version of King Kong. You know, you got a guy who's corrupt as shit, who's willing to exploit this creature to make money, um, and you've got like a police thing going on where they're not really covering it up, but trying to understand something from a culture they don't get. And then this giant monster and they got to shoot it down. There's some parallels. And, uh, but I actually kind of liked it for that. But yeah, but Eric, are there any other, however, I think you are very much, um, you are very much feeling for Kong in a lot of that film. And I don't think, I don't think the, Quetzalcoatl monster gets is, that. Uh, no, yeah. gets that. Yeah, he no, he's very much a monster, you know. Yeah, he's, they uh, don't really get a characteristic. They just get like habits that we all are aware of, and that's it. Just habits, not motivation, right. not temperament. Just oh, it comes back and it it kills and it has a baby. Yeah, I know how yeah. birds work, but very yeah. quickly, <laughs> yeah. I actually have to. Speak- we, we're we're ignoring one basic thing here, and this goes to Joe, the fucking paleontologist of this fucking group. What did you think of Q? What aspect? Like the actual creature. I thought it was cool looking. Okay, yeah. I thought it it was, it was, I mean, this is a big thing, you know, winged serpent and bird, and and I love how those are always kind of mixed together. Um, And they do it in this (laughs) movie constantly, too. Um, I thought it was a cool looking dragon. I actually feel like this, the maquette for this, I feel is an underrated movie monster. 
Um, yeah, you know, people same. always bring up, uh, you know, obviously they talk, we talk about Godzilla all the time and, you know, the, the Velociraptors and the T-Rex from Jurassic Park are, um, you know, iconic now as monsters. Um, obviously King Kong, right? Uh, but if you think about other, like, famous creatures in, in film, um, Gosh, I mean, I can I can think a little bit with um, Dragon Slayer, yeah, which we reviewed which was also the year before. The year before, uh, you know, we we reviewed that one uh, a, a year ago, I guess, where you know we talked about um, yeah. you know Vermithrax Pejorative, this very famous dragon <laughs> from Dragon Slayer, and it's and that is stop motion and big puppets, and it looks cool as hell. I it's thought, fantastic. It's one of my favorite dragons. It re- it still is. Have you one seen that one, Ryan? You weren't doing them with us yet when we did that. I don't think. But what was it? Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer. Let me double check it. You guys keep going now. But okay. no, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dragon Slayer. You know, so we have all these. Mo- I feel like Q is left off, and I, I kind of feel it's a little unfair because it's not quite as flashy. But this is a, a, a gritty crime movie, right? Um, mm. set among this bizarre phenomenon happening. There's there's aspects that I feel like, and I'll never be able to prove this, but I feel like the movie Cloverfield had a few nods yeah. to this I didn't notice before, Surely. maybe. Um, honestly, and, and Ryan, here's one. I know this will get your attention. Uh, aspects of Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Where, you know, you mentioned like all these boring scenes of, of police trying to figure out how the hell they're going to handle this. Yes, that was Shin Godzilla, and I loved it for it. Shin <laughs> yeah, Godzilla, no. that's the great thing Shin, about that movie. Shin, Shin Godzilla did a great job with its human characters, I agree. Like, I actually liked paying attention to the bureaucracy. But, Joe, to be fair, that movie was directed by the same guy who did Evangelion, and that's how Evangelion is done in anime, and that's one of the ones I like. So right, but I again, it because I, I'm, I'm like going to mention creator. one thing. I don't care about the human characters in Shin Godzilla. No, you the don't. The bureaucracy is interesting, but I don't care about the characters. That's the same for me and uh, Yeah, in fact, what goes on in Godzilla, you may care a little less about the characters. Than yeah, <laughs> you really do. Um, and, and this is kind but of But then the you same have thing. a frightening fucking creature, Shin Godzilla. Well, he and was think... not a Shin Godzilla. No, but I'm saying there's a parallel there where no. it's, it focuses on kind yeah. of the behind the scenes of how a city handles this i loved the fact that in in this entire movie you don't have like the presidents on the line you know which in reality yeah. giant lizard attacks new york president's going to be involved whoever that president may be <laughs> you know um they never went there with this <laughs> well it's unless the president it, is a giant lizard from new york so. uh or oh, someone who's yeah. like i don't handle national crisis well well i leave that to the governors <laughs> of their states Right. Yeah. Um, not saying that's ever going to happen. I'm just no, saying not at all. that doesn't seem very realistic. But no. So you I mean just asked about like the the you know professionally yeah. like thoughts on this. I actually really like the creature. Um, I really like yeah, seeing dragon like creatures that aren't wyverns. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. And, that, that's what adds like everything you said about this creature. Uh, in the question I asked you, I agree with you. That's what kind of makes this movie kind of sad that it doesn't show it as enough. <laughs> In my opinion, I, well, the first thing I did after finish watching this is I had to Google, you know, cue the winged serpent models and see if there's available, and they do make some really cool high detail, like nice. models and figures of this thing. And I'm like, ooh, I, I might have to add that to the collection. 
Because it, it is a pretty cool... Again, keep in mind 1983, so... Or 82, 83. So it, it's... That was, you know, pretty advanced compared, you know, for the time. Um, I still think it's, it's a pretty cool minimalist uh, design for a creature. And it's, it's effective, I felt. In, in, it it, it does actually call like it's a movie made in the 80s mm-hmm. but it does call back to those like 60s kind, yeah. 60s yeah yeah 60s level of like design it, it very much feels like that and it's it's refresh it's i don't want to say refreshing but it's familiar in a mm-hmm. nice way and that's what like this creature is not the most frightening or the well, well most well made but it reminds you of like it, it's it's from a time that it shouldn't exist anymore one that you don't expect and seeing it is kind of like oh that's neat you don't see those very often one thing i Um, think helped by not having you know one thing that helped this movie is okay so the monster isn't the scariest looking thing visually i mean it's it's enough but it's not like it doesn't have something particularly creepy about it until you see its lair and it's like just skeletons everywhere, the the <laughs> yeah. level of gore from this thing makes up for that. The way a bit. it just kind of plucks people's heads off, like it's right kind of thing with eating heads. And yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, the scene when they're like assaulting the thing when they're up in the tower and they're they're shooting at it, it puts up a fight. Yeah, and that's a cool scene. <laughs> when they're you, you mentioned at it. like uh, King Kong style pathos, and I think the only part of this film that actually gets to that point is um when the cops first climb up into the top of the chrysler building and um find the egg Mm -hmm. and decide to machine gun it (laughs) how american yeah not only machine guns he starts firing automatic weapons at this you know and then of course like the baby you know quetzalcoatl kind of pops out of the thing and they just continue to shoot it up and so at that point, like this is in the in this film, like I already don't really care for these characters, right? They're kind of um, all flawed or generally uninteresting cop characters. And at that point, I'm like, okay, now I can't wait to see this thing chew through all of these people. Like mm-hmm. that was it. That was the moment, like you know, just randomly, like, hey, we're just gonna off this thing's baby essentially so if, if you guys not, not that that isn't what you would do i suppose i mean i sure probably is what you would do in that situation but just quick uh, to the viewers like... who haven't caught the last episode of video junkyard where we see a real life snake probably get most likely get killed in a movie eric doesn't like <laughs> to see animals get killed well and um, this doesn't wasn't the same reaction because it was for me though real, i know it, like... they they do <laughs> when he's mentioning the scene where they're shooting at the egg and i kind of blocked it i i literally blocked it when the scene came on i did not even though it was a puppet i know it was a fucking puppet but <laughs> i did not like watching like an infant uh baby creature get machine gunned in the fucking head by David Carantine. I, 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 like, <laughs> right after like a poor ass Arnold Schwarzenegger line, just like, and it's just like, oh damn, that baby's really going down. And like, that's hard to watch. Like, what the fuck, man? It's like watching a baby chick get mowed down by BBs. Like, yeah. but close yeah. up. It's that's, it's that's that's incredibly specific. <laughs> yeah, the movie the, fucking uh... showed it. <laughs> Yeah, that's how the movie. But made that was me the point feel. where I was like, okay, now I can't wait to see this uh, creature take out a bunch of these guys. Yeah, <laughs> it, it set it up for me, so I guess it was effective. Like, yeah, was... wipe them all out. I'm with you. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, David, Eric, it's not we'll start with you on this part. Uh, do you have any? We're, I want to go into grading here in a minute, but do you have any final thoughts or any other uh, things that you wanted to mention about Q the Winged Serpent? I'm glad you asked. I have a couple things, and one is um, this. As I mentioned, a, like it's going to sound like a broken record, but it's a very like New York centric movie. But I really like the way that this movie uses New York, like the helicopter shots of the you know serpent flying around and. Uh, it's a little bit like a sights, helicopter sightseeing tour of New York, but it doesn't really hit all like the basic sights. The one thing I notice about movies that take place in New York, they just use the damn skyline and the Statue of Liberty over and over and over again. This one actually like gets into like if you've been to the city, it actually really looks like New York City. It's not just that you know stereotypical tourist shot of the skyline or you know the statue or all that stuff. It actually like shows you know some neighborhoods. It, I don't know, it's, it's very cool aerial photography of New York, which actually is, feels very different from other movies that are New York-centric, to me at least. Hmm. Um, other thing is I got to drink one for the cop with a beer, if anybody... Yeah, the Budweiser. The, uh, <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, waiting, they're waiting for Q to come back to the to the tower and as the, the like basically the serpent is zeroing in on these guys there's this one cop just drinking a budweiser <laughs> like okay cool like, like you do <laughs> yeah like i mean hey, drink them if you got them or whatever at that point but yeah so i like his reaction though interesting was choice. <laughs> his reaction was essentially like oh shit it's here and then he like throws it like yeah. and grabs his gun oh, i wasn't drinking like he <laughs> like, acted like, nobody noticed, but he's just acting like a person who's drinking on the job. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, it's like, yep, <laughs> there. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess those are the, the only two we didn't hit um, that I, notes that I made. and So, yeah, that's what I got. Cop with a beer, here's to you. <laughs> Ryan, uh, did you have any, any final thoughts before we jump into grading? Well, to add to that, uh, I do have one, uh, and that's the random pedestrians uh, whenever they have, like, blood fall on them. Or, or just yes. in general, anytime they have the fucking shots where they show the pedestrians, it's just like, yeah, you just got a bunch of fucking random people walking around like, hey, do you want to get shot in a movie? Yeah, just pretend that we're going to throw blood on you. Just act like, oh, okay. But they didn't act like blood dropped on them. Maybe this is realistic. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But it's it's funny, regardless, is whenever they have like the blood of the victims <laughs> drop on them, their first reaction is as if like a bird shit and they're just, it's just inconvenient. It's just like, oh, man, what the fuck? And then it took, like, a few seconds. Like, they're looking at the blood, and they're still acting like, ah, what the fuck, man? And then it's cooks. Oh, wait, this is blood. Oh, 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 Then it goes to fear. <laughs> so that's it's like, totally a reasonable New Yorker response. Because that's I'm like sure, what like, I said. Maybe that's... is common as hell. <laughs> that's why I said, like, right. maybe it's a common thing. Or you think someone just, like, hocked thing. a loogie on you from the 33rd floor of some building or something. Yeah. Right? But some... still, like, even after looking at it, they still behave as if they haven't seen blood. Like, like even that is just like, all right, I'm... it's fucking blood again. Oh, fuck, it's blood again! <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, or if they ever factly, like, fucking see the serpent, uh, and they're like, oh, and they're just running. It, it was great. I loved it. It was just so, like, poorly... Oh, poorly done but it's just like yeah you grabbed a bunch of just people on the streets in new york a busy fucking city and asked do you want to try to do this you're not going to get gold but you got gold in a different way <laughs> i appreciated it that's uh that that's three cop beers out of five so I, I guess we'll start with grading then uh eric if you had to give this one a grade which you do uh what do you yes, say I do. yeah homework assignment um i think i'm gonna go with a c plus and I really liked a lot of things about this. I love the monster. 
Um, I like Michael Moriarty a lot in it. My problem with it is that I just feel like it's its pace is too uneven, and there were points in it where I was a little bit, um, I wouldn't say bored, but kind of like, okay, well, we're only like 40 minutes in, why does this feel like it's already getting long? And uh, luckily the third act comes back and kind of gives us some, as rushed as it is, gives us some stuff to, to like about it. Um, there's some moments when the acting doesn't work for me, there's some other moments where it really does, but that unevenness is, I think, why I'm marking it down a little bit. Monster's great. Uh, it's got some funny moments, uh, like Ryan was just talking about. I noticed, like, some of that stuff's really funny. Uh, the kind of, like, quote-unquote gory sequences, but, like, the popping off of heads and stuff is all pretty, like, humorous in this movie. Light, light, light kind of gore effects. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I like, I like Cohen's style because it feels authentic, but it can work against him in ways, too. And uh, this one's just kind of a little bit in the middle for me. Um, love the monster, though, so yeah, C+. Okay. What about you, Ryan? Um, kind of kind of the similar notes, but a little bit lesser. Uh, this movie wasn't too terribly impressive for me. Um, I like... There's a lot of parts I do like. I agree that, like, some of the acting is actually kind of fun. Um, sometimes it's over a top. Sometimes it's just dull. But other moments, it's like, oh, this, this fits. This is fun. Um, and it's like the, the, the real character shows, uh, like with Jimmy Quinn, for example, like, like, yeah, or this gruntled New York cop by date played by David Shepard, Shepard, uh, sure. sure. Um, but I don't think it, I just don't think what was going on in the movie story-wise was the best choice. Cause we've mentioned there's another plot line that isn't given the attention that I think would have worked better with this. This isn't a very good monster movie. Like you can have parts of this movie that are interesting. Like the approach to the characters. I don't deny they're interesting, but I think they fit better in a different movie that didn't have a fucking monster in it. Like, it's like we tried to lure you in with a monster movie, but we gave you this movie about like this kind of pathetic character who's at least trying, who's very real. I'm like, yeah, but we wanted to see a fucking monster movie. It's like we it's like getting pulled into a Godzilla film, but you're getting some kind of like mid-century uh teen drama. Like maybe it's well written for a teen drama. Yeah, given, but it's not what I came here to fucking see. Um, I'm not really angry at this movie. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I think the score was nice. We didn't mention the score, but I actually thought like yeah, it was cool. the, the one main yeah. score that they used over and over and it was the intro. That was nice. I really liked that. It wasn't enough in the movie, but I loved it enough to mention it. Um, some of the acting, yeah. some of the acting by non-actors is great. Uh, some of the things that do happen are kind of funny. But I guess it just it just doesn't really fit. This this one is getting a C minus for me, um, and that's me being generous. I'll be honest with you because I don't hate this movie, but it's just like it didn't do enough. Like it had some cool bits and it didn't go with it. Like it didn't go further into like the cool dark mystery, or it didn't go further in better characters that fit this type of story. Uh, good characters but just didn't fit the story it's just it's just it's trying to do something it's not like stuff you know it didn't show its monster enough because it had a cool monster i am for the summoning of a fucking god <laughs> in the middle of somewhere my god ray if someone asks if you're a fucking god you say yes <laughs> say yes so if you have a god in your movie you say yes <laughs> so you had a cool monster and you, you fucked it up 
Fair enough. I I think <laughs> um, for me it was, uh, I don't know. It really kind of made me think about what I what I think of when I consider monster movies. Yeah, you know, and and right at the very beginning of of doing this podcast, you you know, going on two years ago, um, you know, we reviewed we kind of did a, a big Godzilla Kong MonsterVerse show, and that those films I think the the Godzilla films have really kind of cornered the market on what we all think of when we hear you know monster movie giant monster movie but we forget about i think the harryhausen films and so even though this is a giant lizard that is wreaking havoc in a city and there's an investigation going on and that we feel like that should be the for the the kind of the forefront i i kind of feel like this film is inherently the victim of its own creation uh which is we all we've all said it like I'm, I'm watching this to see a monster movie yeah but that's not what this is you know this is more in line with clash of the titans this is more in line i think with you know jason and the argonauts or something where you have effects and the movie is around the effects but the whole plot isn't necessarily that a giant monster is wreaking havoc in the city that is just a thing that's happening um so i don't know i mean to me it it made me kind of rethink a little bit of what i am looking at for this and I, i'm gonna give this one a c plus uh it definitely has its 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 flaws with production and pacing and and script and some character development but it's redeemed by some really impressive performances by especially michael moriarty i'd say consistently through the movie he gives really good performances david carradine mm-hmm. has some really good moments in it there's a few unconventional things that they do here um with with a monster in a city style movie even though i don't think this is like a godzilla movie um yeah it, it's it feels more like a harryhausen film which almost feels like an homage to one like what if larry cohen made a harryhausen film this is what you get <laughs> you know um and i think to anybody's who, who's, who's listening here who hasn't seen this check it out on tubi it's available. It's free, and I encourage you to check out other Larry Cohen films, including classics such as *It's Alive* and *The Stuff*. Yeah. *The Stuff*, which we recorded earlier, we on Facebook will will share the link around for that one again. Um, yeah, but uh, I like *The Stuff* more than this, I think. But there's some similarities for sure, and Michael Moriarty's great in both of them. So right, right. So. But yeah, that was our review of Q the Winged Serpent, and we would really love to hear any of your thoughts that you might have on this film. Hopefully you did check it out on Tubi or some other means of watching it, and you followed along then with a the review. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, and you can contact us via Facebook, our Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook group, or the main Facebook page. You can email us at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at videojunkpod. We would love to hear from you. And coming up on the podcast, we will be watching more films on Tubi TV. As you notice, we talked about it multiple times in this episode, but since the, uh, we've all been on quarantine, we have been selecting our movies on the uh, free streaming uh, website app um, channel, uh, Tubi.tv. And um, yeah, just uh, has a pretty wide selection of uh, great cult and classic movies um, as well as other television and stuff like that so check it out and uh, always feel free to watch along with us we will make the announcement of what is coming up next week on the Video Junkyard podcast probably uh, by Monday uh, and we'll share the Tubi link for you if you do want to watch along with us that's right and uh, we want to thank everybody for 
checking out the Video Junkyard podcast and share a like. We hope you're enjoying it and distributing it widely. Uh, so until next time, I want to thank you once again. This is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric O'Branson. And this is Ryan Seiskel saying... Fry up about 500 pounds of bacon. We're going to have us a breakfast. <laughs> You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard?